0: And now for the review of the day. Got a five-star review from Susan Proctor. She says, always learning. I have been a buyer's agent for several years and learned so many new and interesting ideas. I know I will be better agent for my clients. My clients have always been number one, but now I understand a bit more about the psychology and the process and will be better equipped to help and serve them great class five stars. Thank you, Susan Proctor, and congratulations. Remember... Go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and get this course, the Certified Buyer Agent, and 12 other courses for 7 bucks. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation. I got a great guest here. Was recommended to me because, and here's the thing: there's a reason. Here, you know, there's two things going on in the real estate market right now. Number one, you know, people, more and more agents are realizing the addiction that is happening with um, with paid buyer leads, and they're becoming uh, consciously uh, listing agents. And with that, we're seeing a lot more back to the basics. We're seeing people that are are saying, hey, I want business, but I want business that I don't have to pay for. And they're going back to circle prospecting, cold calling, they're going back to door knocking. They're going back to, you know, basically assertive activities that are getting them business. And it's working really well. And a couple of people said, hey, you know, can you address some of this? Can you give us some more knowledge on this? And I said, Yeah, and then I got a referral of a guy, Chandler David Smith, who is a renowned expert, even though he's 28 years old. Listen, this dude is crushing it. He's a renowned expert on all things uh, door knocking, cold calling, uh, building rapport. Um, how to get messages across in a very short period of time. And uh, so we're going to talk deep about uh, how to do that with the listings so you guys can get more and more listing appointments and more and more listings this year. So without further ado, oh, and also this dude is a real estate investor. He takes all his money that he earns and he plops it in and real estate, has like 63 houses. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. And like, So hopefully you guys could uh, start investing more. So anyways, without further ado, Chandler David Smith, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Hey, thanks so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Hey, why don't you tell everybody who you are, give them them a little rundown so they get to know you better. Yeah,
1: so my name's Chandler David Smith, and about seven years ago, I got hired for a job to go and knock doors to sell pest control. And I went out, it was a three-month job, and I was just supposed to go on cold call to sell $500 pest control contracts. So I went out and I did way better than I ever expected. I sold over $200,000 worth of contracts in under four months and I made $96,000 that first summer. And so I fell in love with sales. I continued to do it and I got a leadership position where then I was managing 12 guys and that turned into 30 and then 100 and then 200. It's where I'm now one of the biggest regional managers at the company. And last year we brought in over $11 million in revenue from purely cold calling knocking doors in a four month period. And so during that time, about two years in, I had all this money and I was in my twenties. And so I started putting it into real estate. You know, I bought a condo and then a house and then a couple duplexes, fourplexes, and I just continued to buy as it went went along. So I then had this passive income from real estate and I still love doing the sales. So to this day, I do a lot of sales training and recruiting for cold calling.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about it in terms of real estate agent sales first. Let's, uh, y- you know, let's talk about a couple different scenarios. First scenario, over the phone, right? We're going to get in a door to door, and I know that's where your bread and butter is, but over the phone, like let's say a, an agent has sold a house uh, or had a listing, or their company has had a listing, or any random company has had a listing that sold, and they just want to blanket the neighborhood. We all know that there's a phenomena out there that basically, that basically works like this. If a house sells on a street within 30 days, it's almost guaranteed that another house is going to show up for sale on that street or on the street attached to it. It just is a weird thing that happens. So let's say I make the decision. I want to get that listing and I, you know, that's going to pop up in the next 30 days. What's a script that you would use? How, how would you do this if you were a real estate agent?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, you've all heard of kind of bandwagon closing, and I think that's the reason you always get
0: No, it. no, we haven't heard of that, so tell <laughs> us.
1: <laughs> so one yeah. of the big things that we'll do, for example, in pest control, is it really gives you value if you can name drop, or if you can give them some reason that, hey, jump on the bandwagon, everyone else on the street is doing this. And so especially if you've got a sale on your street, you're going to say, look, here's the situation We're giving you a call because the market is extremely hot in your area. As a matter of fact, this home just three doors down sold for this much more than they bought it for. They had all of this equity in their home. And so we're reaching out to you because right now, if you're going to sell, is the time to sell, and here's why. And so that's kind of the bandwagon approach. And I think as you're using that, as you're name dropping or dropping what's going on, you're going to be able to you know, grab their attention. I think it's also important to have reasons why now is a great time. It could be interest rates. It could be that homes have gone up in value. It could be that X, Y, or Z is happening in the market. But if you can couple that with someone on the street that just sold and got that benefit out of it, you're going to have a lot more or a lot greater chance of grabbing their attention and hooking them and starting to work through the process with them.
0: So something intelligent for agents to do might be to pull up other listings that have sold, whether or, whether or not they, their, their company listed it or they listed it, maybe even pull up the tax records and get some detail and then bandwagon the conversation, right? Be like, well, certainly uh, you, you know, I don't know. Did you see the Rutherford house sold? Now, they, now, grant the agent is just reading this. They don't. They're not saying that they're best friends with the Rutherford's. They're just saying, hey, did you see that the Rutherford house sold based on a tax record? No, I didn't. Oh well, had you seen that house? Meaning, assuming that had had, had the person they're calling seen it at a barbecue or birthday party? No, we've never been in it, but um, we saw it went up. Oh, okay well, they got four seventy nine nine for it, and it looks like they were 2,300 square feet, and you're 2,700 square feet, which means you probably could get more than the Rutherfords did. That would be an example of bandwagging?
1: Yeah, it would, and I think the reason it's so beneficial is you, anytime you can take someone and give a reason why they did it, but then also show them the benefits of, hey, this is why yours would do even better. It's going to be awesome, and it's funny how a neighborhood works, but I mean, especially in any kind of sales, and I've messed around with all of it, one or two people that jump on, once you get that, you're going to have a lot more. So I would even say if you grab someone that's wanting to list on a street that someone else has sold, then you get the permission to name drop that person and say, hey, I'm actually working with this person and this is the reason why. Or if you have conversations with people, you can name drop on the same street and you can get permission to say, hey, they're really interested in. And this is the reason why anytime you can use a name bandwagon's going to work awesome because the person knows that person on their street.
0: And I guess there's a reason why they call it nosy neighbor. It's almost like everybody in, in some form or fashion is a nosy neighbor.
1: It's so true.
0: All right, guys, why waste thousands of dollars and countless hours on training that never touches on what matters most? how to make more money in real estate for just seven dollars you can start a one-week trial at rebus university today and what that means is thirteen thousand dollars worth of real estate courses on how to make more commissions will be available to you for a dollar a day it's all you can eat go in there and take them all if you can only seven bucks to start your seven-day all-access free trial, go to Training.com. These courses are guaranteed to get you more listings, more leads, and more commissions. Training.com or just text the word trial to 444-999. That's T-R-I-A-L to 444-999. All right, so what? Uh, let's talk about uh, door knocking because you know a lot of agents are going back to this practice and it's working very well for them. It's a great way to canvas a neighborhood. Can we like role play you door knocking me as an agent, right? And I want you to door knock me as a you know almost like a new agent or an agent that really doesn't have any credibility and how you're going to. You know, try to solicit my business or get some information about someone else that might be wanting to list—that sort of thing. Can we do that?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think um, just before we do it, with being a new agent, I would give this advice: there are points of difference and there are points of parity. And mm. I think the points of difference are things that set you aside as an individual, you know, an individual air agent. But there are also points of parity that everyone can kind of use. And some of these might be situations where it is the company that you're working with or something that an agent you're working under has done well. You've got to find certain things that you can pitch because as a new agent, you can't say I've sold this many homes or you can't say I've done X, Y, and Z, but you can say I work with this agent who's done this or I work with this agency who's done this. And when you can drop statistics that give you value you're going to be able to grab people a lot more than saying, hey, I'm a new agent that's accomplished nothing. I want, to list, I want you to list your house with me.
0: So what, is there a different meaning to the, the term parody? I always thought parody meant like making fun of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is we use that because it's, it's general things that everyone can use. And if I'm honest with you, the definition of parody, I couldn't give you, but that's what we use. <laughs> that everyone can, can use.
0: Okay, so so you're basically just piggybacking off someone else's success uh, since you don't have one yourself. Yeah, and totally not better. even
1: someone else's, but those general stats are general things that make you look good, but they're things that everyone could use.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, knock, knock on the door. I'm like, uh, I, I look out the door. I'm like, oh man, who's this random dude out there? Hey, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you? Good. Good. My name's Chandler Smith. And I'm with X real estate company. And I'm here because we actually have a house that's been listed just right up the street. And the big reason people have been jumping on with us is right now, interest rates are lower than ever, but also home values have gone through the roof. And so anyone that's been able to jump on with us, not only are they able to get into a situation where they can sell their home for substantially more, but they're also in a place where they can get into another home for an awesome situation, and so we're helping people pull that equity out of their home and put themselves in a much better situation.
0: Hmm, fascinating. What'd you guys get for that house?
1: So we actually <laughs> four seventy nine nine.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a decent price. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll take your card and I'll keep you in mind.
1: Yeah. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so, let me break this down, Chandler. So, first of all, you put your hand on your heart. How come you did that? When, you, when so, you said, hi, my name is Chandler David, and you put your hand on your heart.
1: Yeah. So, I think there are a couple things that are extremely important. First off, the reason I'm going to go here is it's extremely important to get eye contact breaks. And this is one of the big mistakes that realtors or the other people knocking doors will make is a lot of times if you're keeping eye contact for the entire time that you're speaking with someone, they'll get uncomfortable. But if you don't have planned eye contact breaks throughout whatever pitch that you're doing, you're going to start making uncomfortable looks. You'll look down or you'll look to the side or you'll look away. And what's important is that throughout your pitch, you plan specific eye contact breaks. So what other ones do you plan? What was that?
0: What other ones do you plan besides putting your hand diagonal? In case you're listening and you can't see this, he put it like you know, not not on his heart, but diagonal on his upper left, like bicep. What what? what yeah, I'm bicep. So I mean, I'm this?
1: always going to grab Peck a name or tag. Whatever. I'm going gra- to okay. grab a name tag here or a name tag wherever. I'm going to have eye contact breaks where I point at the house that I'm talking about. I'm going to have eye contact breaks where I have something to show them. And I think one thing that's extremely interesting about making a good first impression is it's a, a lot less about what you say than you would think and a lot more about all of those paraverbal, nonverbal, and verbal communication skills that you're using so you can get that endorphin release in the customer that you're working with.
0: All right, so talk to me about that, the endorphin. It's, where, where in there did you endorphin release? What, like, Tell me how to do that or where you did that.
1: Yeah. So just being straight with, yeah, I've never knocked doors for a realtor. And I yeah, think well, if, I was, yeah. if, if I was going to knock doors as a realtor, I would make sure that every single portion is planned. And with every eye contact break, there are a couple things you can do to release endorphins. The first one is when you look away and when you make eye contact again, you're going to want to give them a big smile the second you make eye contact. Because that's going to get them to smile. The other thing that people don't realize is you're going to want to get head nods. So every time that you're saying something where you're wanting to make a point or win someone over, right when you make that eye contact, you're going to want to give them a good head nod. Now, one thing that you'll realize, and I think this is something that people don't give enough value, is when you have a pitch memorized, you have the ability to plan all of these things out. Where if you're just winging it like I was with you, a lot of times you're going to forget a lot of those little cues. You're going to forget to make sure that you're getting a head nod, that you're including the smiles, that you're doing those things. And that's why I would tell all realtors, look, go and figure out the points that are going to be great in that first um, you know, pitch that you're going through and making sure that you're planning in the eye contact breaks, making the eye contact, getting smiles, getting head nods. One example I always use with my sales reps is you look at the difference, and not to get too political, but you look at the difference of you know Barack Obama compared to some other speakers. And there are lots of people that might not be a fan, but when he speaks, he does an incredible job of giving positive head nods. And the reason I use him as a comparison is if you look at Mitt Romney, when he speaks, you'll notice a lot of times when he's making a point, he'll be giving negative head nods. Now, a lot of times you don't realize you're doing that, but you've got an audience or even on the doors that's sitting there going, man, I don't know why I like this guy or man, I don't understand why I don't really feel good about this guy. And so much of that is if you're getting them to head nod and to smile and to agree with you. Wow.
0: Well, and so, so how often would you say like every 15 seconds, every third sentence, you know, uh, should, should somebody who's door knocking as a real estate agent get a, a head nod a smile, and, and granted, the smile, guys, is not just a, a you know, you're, you're getting a staring contest on your smile. It's, it's what he says is you look away, right? You, you interrupt the pattern of, of you get them to look at something, but then when you come back to the eye contact, you have this big old cheesy smile on like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think that's what's funny with sales reps. A lot of times I'll have them and why they're keeping eye contact. They're just nodding their head and giving this big, dumb grin. Right. And that doesn't work. But the reason that it works is when you do make those eye contact breaks, it's just like reintroducing yourself every single time. So the second that you're making that eye contact and dropping that grin, you can get those head nods. And I would say you should have them planned You know, probably at least every 20 to 30 seconds. And the biggest reason for that is you also don't want awkward eye contact. But people lose trust extremely fast when you're breaking eye contact, looking down or looking to the side. And you'll notice as a realtor or other people that I've interacted with, when they're thinking, they're making eye contact breaks. And when you've only got that first 5 to 15 seconds to win someone over, you can't have an eye contact break that says I'm lacking confidence or I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Plenty of people make a decent living selling real estate, but how many manage to make millions to become a millionaire imagine how much more profitable your business would be if you had the chance to learn from someone who actually made their millions selling real estate rebus university instructors know what it takes to build a highly successful highly lucrative real estate business because they've done exactly that these self-made real estate millionaires spent years in the trenches Identifying exactly what works in today's markets, and that's exactly what they teach. Right now, we're running a seven-day trial on Rebus University's all-access package. For just $7, you can get access to every course, every millionaire real estate instructor. There's over 40 of them, 40 millionaire real estate instructors that Rebus University has to offer. You have access to all of them. To start your seven-day free trial for only seven bucks, go to future of That's future of real or text trial. T-R-I-A-L to four four four-999. That's trial to four 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 nine nine nine. Anything else that, that we should know about when it comes to, you know, building rapport, you know, verbal skills, nonverbal skills, in, in, anything else you could share with us so that we can be more effective uh, door knockers?
1: You know, I could talk about it forever. Because yeah, well, so we'll keep
0: talking. I mean, we, you know,
1: <laughs> there's so many things. One big mistake that people make is anytime you've heard of a door-to-door salesman, immediately you think of someone that's a fast talker and it's pushy.
0: And it's canned as well. You know, a lot of these guys come to like, they come to me and I'm, I'm in sales. I pay attention and they ramble, you know, in a monotone, you know, voice. And I'm like, "Mm, you've said this a thousand times. I get it. It's boring, you know, but I can tell. Definitely.
1: And I think that's why I would push so much writing down a pitch and planning in all of these things because then it's not, I mean, yes, you're going to be saying the same thing over and over and over again. But as you plan something and you can turn yourself into an actor rather than someone who's doing something repetitious, you're going to do substantially better. And that's what's so hard about a door-to-door approach is not only do you have to say the same thing over and over again, but you've got to make it unique and interesting every time. And that's why introducing all of these paraverbal, nonverbal, and inter- verbal communication skills are going to be huge. The other one that I would tell people that makes a huge impact is, like I said, this, a normal salesman is fast-talking, they're pushy, but if you really want to grab someone, you need to slow way down. Mm. So when you make your initial approach to someone, it's going to be in this speed that I'm talking right now. And the reason for that is if you're talking fast like this and you're just plowing through stuff, it's a lot easier to cut you off. But if you've ever been to an old folks home and you've sat down with an older gentleman and he's going at you know the slowest pace you've ever heard, it's borderline impossible to cut him off because you feel so uncomfortable. You don't want to cut someone off who's talking slowly. And so if you're getting good eye contact breaks, the smiles, the head nods, and you're talking at a very slow pace right when you meet someone, it's going to put off a ton of confidence and they're going to have a much harder time cutting you off without at least listening to that first part of your pitch.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's that, that I hadn't heard that before and I can imagine that that there's people that make that mistake all the time, especially because in your in your head you're thinking I want to get through this so I can get to the next one. I'm nervous, so you got this nervous energy, and that's a huge mistake. I mean, I've had uh, you, you know kids come to my door that are like, you know, 12, 15 years old that are selling, you know, candies or whatever to raise money for a trip to amusement park or whatever and they talk so fast and I'm like literally I've stopped a couple of them and been like I cannot understand a word that you're saying, dude.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it just comes back to the point that I made earlier of, look, if you're really going to go and knock doors, you need every second to be perfect. And so planning out what you're going to say so you don't get super wordy or so you don't get uncomfortable so you are talking fast has so much value because then you can make little tweaks along the way to make sure what you're doing is working and I think that's huge. And speed is one of those things that can just kill you.
0: Yeah. So we got eye contact breaks. We got the bandwagon. We got um, the, the slow, the old people talk. Uh, what else you got?
1: So I think another thing would be minimizing and maximizing. when mm-hmm. you're planning
0: Minimizing your plan- and maximizing. Okay. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So when you're planning out that initial approach, whatever it may be, you want to make sure that you're finding things to minimize to really grab people. Or if there are points that you know are going to cause issue, you want to minimize those things. And so when it comes to you know, resolving people's concerns, granted, there are always going to be people that are bringing up different issues or problems or whatever it may be of why they don't want to list their home. And I think you've got to make sure, first of all, you have a response to everyone. But when you're wanting to minimize those concerns, your response has to be extremely short. And all of your, you know, verbal, nonverbal communication skills need to be to the point and saying, hey, it's not a big deal. Because if you have someone that brings up a concern and you go on for 10 minutes about their concern, it's going to just build their concern. A lot of times we think we're resolving it. But if you have a perfect answer that you can give someone in a 10 to 15 second response that puts their their concern at ease and minimizes it you're going to have a much better chance of getting them in and getting them scheduled. And what I would say is don't try and win the war in a situation like this. I mean, you're not going to try and get them to sign papers today that they're going to use you as a realtor, but I would find a smaller close so that you can win the battle, whether it's, Hey, come grab lunch with me or meet up with me and I can show you what the market in your area is doing or something that's a hook rather than going all in trying to say, look, I want you to list right now. Here's the, you know, buyer's agent agreement, let's get it signed and let's do this thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, basically don't, you know, any objection, overcome it, but don't, don't elaborate on it. Don't spend too much time on it.
1: Definitely. Now, when it comes to maximizing things, if you've got, and this is more on a, you know, individual basis with the things that you're saying, but with maximizing, if you have points, you want to seem big, or you want to really grab people, you're going to slow down even more. You're going to drag out what you say. You're going to make it seem really big. And if you've got things that you're trying to minimize, like the cost of something or, like I said, some of those negatives, you're going to give a little shr- you know, shrug your shoulders and just minimize it. You're going to talk a little faster than the pace you've been going and just say, look, it's not a big deal. And so with those things, you can make things sound bigger or smaller, and as you plan those in as well, you're gonna be able to hook people better.
0: Hmm, interesting. So so if you if you want to maximize something, let's say you want to maximize a a comparable, right? Let's say you're pricing a house with somebody in there, you know, there's a comp for 250 and they want 270, you'd be like, and the house down the street sold for 250. <laughs> like because you maximize it because you want it to sink in. Is that what you're saying, essentially? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going to say it sold for $250,000. <laughs> but if you're minimizing it, and a lot of times you want to minimize and maximize something together, you can say, look, they only bought it for 200000 But now they're selling it for 250 dollars thousand dollars that's a fifty thousand dollar increase and they've only owned the home for a couple years
0: so you maximized 50 and you maximize 250 and you minimized 200,000 exactly oh that's neat i, I had never heard that one either that's awesome dude Any, anything else on the, on the same realm this is good you know shit. i think
1: closing is a whole different thing that we could talk about at the end but i think the biggest mistake someone makes on a door impression and it's funny because we could just pick apart my my first door approach that you did with me because it wasn't good because i didn't have a pitch i didn't have these things planned in but the other thing i didn't do is you said hey take a card and i didn't have a response for you i didn't have something to keep them going where you've got to, because the reality is, in the first 15 seconds, you're always going to get a lie from someone, you're always going to have a situation where they're going to say, I'm not interested, and this is why. And you've got to blow through those, we call them smoke screens. And this is where you need to separate the difference of someone being pushy, or someone being a good salesman, because anything in the first 15 to 30 seconds, you know, is going to be a no, and it's going to be a lie. So you can use words like, sure, perfect, great, positive words to blow through it and then go right into what you were saying. Because if someone says, honestly, is there any way I can get a card? You can say, sure, I'll give you a card at the end. One of the biggest reasons your neighbor did this is, and then go right into another point and pick up in your pitch where you left off. So at the beginning, you're going to want to blow through smoke screens. But at the end, once you've talked to them for a couple minutes, that's where you're getting concerns. And with every concern, you're going to want a short resolve. So you're going to want to keep it brief, like we said. And then you're going to want to throw in an ace and you're going to want to th- throw in a close. And one thing, oh, sorry, did you have something to say? No,
0: yeah, no. Okay, so what, what do you mean? Then you're going to throw in an ace. What's that mean?
1: Yeah, so you've got to find different things that you're going to pitch as a benefit. Now, it's realtors, I wouldn't be able to tell you all of the different benefits. Yeah. I haven't worked those remote. So
0: define ACE. ACE throwing an ACE means throwing a benefit, an additional benefit to working with you versus someone else.
1: Yeah. So to give you an example, I mean we train our guys how to sell pest control. So we've got all of these different services that we can give for free that's going to give them value. So if you have something else that you can give them for free or something else that's going to make you unique that you can give them, I would throw in this ace. And when you throw in the
0: ace... So it's an offer. Can, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and it's going to help them to not only have you now resolved their concern, but you're now going to give them value with something so that hopefully they're forgetting their concern. So as an agent,
0: we should hold, hold something back... And right before you're closing, throw it in, right? Like, don't, you know, don't put it in your sales pitch where you're, where you're going through all your other stuff. Throw it in, you know, prior, right prior to this. And for this month only, we're going to, we're doing this. Or, or, you know what I mean? And. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool.
1: Yep. And so I think before you're going to door knock, you've got to find at least five or 10 aces that you can use and have hmm. them planned out. Because then you can resolve any concerns they have. You have these aces to throw into them, and then you can close. And one of the biggest mistakes people make when they close is they say, you know, are you interested? Where you're going to want to ask a question that the only answer is yes. So when you're going to close, rather than saying, you know, can you meet up with me tomorrow? You're going to say, look, I've still got two spots open in my schedule tomorrow to meet up with you where we can go over your market analysis. I've got a spot at two o'clock and a spot at five o'clock. Which one will work
0: better for you? Yeah, or, yeah. Alternate choice close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And
1: so all of those things, though, as you have them planned out, then if you close and they say, honestly, tomorrow I'm busy, but I don't think I want to list my house right now because of this, then you're going to start the process over again. You're going to resolve whatever concern it is. You're going to throw in another ace and you're going to do another close.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. All right. So uh, let's switch gears here. So, you know, the cool thing is all the money you've been making right over the last seven years, since you're 21 years old, you're plowing back into real estate. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was what, 21, 22 years old and I made $96,000 that first summer and I had no idea what to do with it. I was still going to college. I was still living like a poor college kid because that's what all my friends were doing. And so I wasn't spending it. I went out the second year and I made over $140,000 in that one month summer. So now I have tons of money in my bank and I'm like, man, I got to do something with this. So I found an incredible mentor that just kind of, you know, showed me how real estate worked. And so I started with buying a condo and then I bought a duplex and then a fourplex and I just started pouring money into real estate because now I had this place where I could park my money and not only get cash flow from it every month, but I was getting appreciation on all the properties. I was getting principal pay down. I was getting all of these benefits from the money rather than having it just sit there. And I fell yeah. in love with
0: You made car. your money work for you rather than you work for your money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and so, what do you, so tell us... More- Yeah, tell us what you look for. Like it's obviously been dollar cost averaging real estate for the last seven years. What like what do you look for? You know, what are your returns on rent? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, so with me, I look for a property that is under market value. And usually the way that I find that is finding properties where the rents are substantially lower than they should be. So it might be selling where the market says it should sell based on the rents, but then if I can find a property that I can increase the rents to where it's worth substantially more and it's cash flowing really strong, how do you know that? That's usually the niche I try to find.
0: Why well, do you know? That's
1: what's so important about. Yeah, that's what's so important about learning your market is going into a property and saying, all right. This is a two-bedroom apartment in this part of town. I know that this can rent for $750, and right now they're only renting it for $550, and that's how they figured out what to sell it for. And I think that's one thing, just because I've messed with a lot of different realtors, that if you're trying to sell investment properties, knowing your area is going to help so much because then you can go into a property and say, look, I know they've got it listed at this, and the rents are only here, but I promise you, you could increase these rents $200 per door, and this property is going to be worth way more than it is right now. And so I've kind of got those, those rents pinned down, and I want to get at least a 15% cash-on-cash cash return because I'm leveraging all my properties, and that's the return that's important
0: to me. And what he means by that, if, if, if you put hundred grand into something, he wants 15000 which would be 15%, 15000 a year, right? In income, clean income coming to him. Clean income on the hundred. So if it was fifty grand he was putting down, then it would be seven thousand five hundred clean income a year after all expenses and everything. That's cash on cash. We've talked about that before, but I want to just remind everybody. So so this is really cool. And this is what your free gift is about, right, Chandler David? Like tell me about that. Tell me about your free gift while we're on this subject.
1: Yeah, so I made a you know spreadsheet that works as a rental property an analyzer. So that you can go in and you can plug in all the numbers and you can see if you're going to be to that desired return. And the reason I love looking at that return is when you say after all expenses, it's also after you've made the mortgage payment on that property. So it's after your expenses, your mortgage, you know, principal interest, all of that stuff is included. So not only now are you getting this return on your initial investment, but you're getting all of these other returns with your principal pay down, your appreciation. And the reason I like using this spreadsheet is I'm a strong believer in using leverage when purchasing real estate as mm. an investment.
0: So you're not the Dave Ramsey approach. You're not paying them off, but you are putting down a down payment, right? Not like what, what's your average down payment?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my average down payments between 20 and 25%.
0: Okay. So yeah. And that's reasonable. You know, it, it, it buffers you for, you know, any downturn uh, to a degree, 25%. You know, that's, that's pretty deep if a house goes down 25% in value. So I think that's good. All right, cool. So I'm going to put all of Chandler David's information. Of course, I'm going to put his free gift and you guys should look at it. You should download it. You need to, to understand this. Even if you're not going to buy rental properties, you need to understand it so that you can work with investors and have it investors fill it out with properties that they're looking at. And other cool thing, he's got a really cool YouTube channel. Uh, tell me about your YouTube channel real quick.
1: Yeah, so I was having all these sales reps that were coming through working for me in my region, and they a lot of them were starting to clear that six-figure mark, making incredible money knocking doors, and they wanted to know where to put it. And I was spending all my time trying to help them get into it, and so I said, you know what, I want to make a super simple YouTube channel that has, you know, 20, 30 videos that shows all of the steps I would take to analyze a market, to figure out where rents are and where they can be, and to look at a property and figure out exactly what's required so that I can get the returns that I'm wanting. And so I put it together in a YouTube channel. So if you're wanting just to get right to the meat of it, Mm. It really is like a course to figure out exactly how to invest in
0: real estate. That's awesome. And, and, and David's got 63 units already. So in a very short period of time. So, and the cool thing about that is it's absolutely free to, to watch his videos. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a link to his YouTube channel. I'm going to put all his social media links. I'm going to put his uh, direct contact information. If you guys want to reach out to him, I'm going to put his free gift. All of it is going to be on hybendigital.com backslash Chandler. David Smith, it's Chandler David Smith, hybendigital.com backslash Chandler David Smith. Of course, if you want to get his free toolbox item along with all the other toolbox items, just go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444-999. Chandler David, this has been awesome, buddy. If I'm ever in Idaho, I will um, look you up. We'll get together and break some bread.
1: Sounds wonderful. Thanks so much for having
0: me on. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives. And we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.